Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Five o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show on this football Friday. Our first football Friday of the 2022 NFL season. Cards, Chiefs, coming up on Sunday afternoon. The injury report, you just heard Eric go through it there in the Sports Center update. Yeah, it's not ideal for the Cardinals going into this game, and it really is. It's, it's just not what we expected, given how hard the organization seemingly worked all yeah, throughout August, not to you know to protect their guys and not play their guys and not practice their guys, and yet right. here they are, and everybody's hurt, and they're really compromised at the cornerback position. They're compromised at the wide receiver position. Those are just two spots you don't want to be compromised at going into a game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas nah, City Chiefs. It's just a, you know Antonio Hamilton's out, right? Because he he burned himself with hot oil, and he's he's out, and then Trayvon Mullen is out, and Murphy's. I mean, that's a tough spot. You know, that's that's a weakness anyway. You know, even at full strength, it still would have been the talk of the week. Patrick Mahomes against that secondary. But now, right, that still would have been the talk of the week. Yes. Going up against Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, is absolutely perfect in first games. Right, Nobody's picked him off. Nobody's intercepted Patrick, Patrick Mahomes in a, the first week game. So I got to go back and look at that stuff. I think he's got 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. And so I, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if somebody can get him. It'll be interesting to see if one of the Cardinal players can get him. Patrick Mahomes in week one of the regular season throughout his career, 4 0. He's completed 71% of his passes. He averages 296 passing yards per game, 13 total touchdowns, zero total interceptions, a passer rating of 133.7. I can remember that, but I can't remember from two days ago who said, go West, young man. No idea. <laughs> Forrest Forgot Grilly. already. Forgot already. Forrest but I can remember he's got 13 touchdowns and no... <laughs> it's amazing how the brain works, and, especially and, mine. And that would have been bad enough, to yeah. your point. Byron Murphy's questionable. If he's available for this game, it would have been bad enough. You know, if Antonio Hamilton was out there, if, if the Cardinals intended secondary was available to them, it would still be a nightmare matchup. Now, now they're in a position where if Byron Murphy doesn't play, he's questionable because of an illness. And if we know Antonio Hamilton's out, we know Trayvon Mullins already out. There's a report on ESPN that Hamilton may be able to return from these burns as soon as next week. That'd be, I mean, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. But for now, your potential starting corners in this game are Christian Matthew and Marco Wilson. I mean, Christian Matthew, the seventh round picker, was cut uh-huh. and yeah. then brought back. That, they that, cut him. That guy. Yeah, right. that guy. It's like it's, a week ago, they cut him. It's not ideal. Here's what else, if you're looking for positives for the Cardinals, okay, you've, for now at least, you've come to the right place because we're going to try to dish them out. The one thing they're talking a lot about in Kansas City is Kyler Murray and the fact that the Chiefs defense, and granted it's been kind of reconstructed, they, they, they added a lot of new pieces in the offseason. Kansas City defense last year did not do well against mobile quarterbacks. Terrible. In particular, Left. Lamar Jackson just killed him. And so here's their defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, who was talking about Kyler and how he can just wreck a game. There's plenty of skill out there. Uh, the the one, number one guy, obviously, is the quarterback. Uh, not just jersey number, uh, but he's the guy. He can wreck a game, right? He can wreck a game throwing it, and he can wreck, wreck a game running it. So that would be the major focus. But we're not, uh, we're certainly not sleeping on any of those other skilled guys that they have. And the offense stretches you with skill. And they'll put four wideouts in, and they get a lot of space. They give number one, you know, all kinds of space, and that's, that's that's where we got to be, try to be better. 
Yeah, and and their goal may be to contain Kyler, uh, but they've struggled with mobile quarterbacks. They were last in total rushing on quarterback runs last year. I mean, no, no quarterbacks ran for more against Kansas City's defense than any other defense in the NFL last year. Quarterbacks had more success when they were running against Kansas City. They had a big success rate against them. So that, you know, that's an issue that they want to kind of, kind of contain. Now, both teams have weak secondaries yep. uh, that are expected. You're expected Mahomes is going to test the Cardinals and Kyler Murray is going to test Kansas City because Kansas City He's got a lot of young guys, and they don't have a lot of experience, and that's their weakness. I mean, that's their weak link. But I think when it comes to, you know, when he says Kyler can wreck the game, listen, there's we can sit here all day long and say we think Kansas City's going to win this game by two touchdowns. There are paths for the Cardinals to win, and one of those paths is that Kyler Murray wrecks them. Like Steve Spagnuolo said, he wrecks them. I think that's, I think that's the only path. You know, I, I think I think I think that's the only path. I, I, I think yeah, it, we it, don't see a path where the defense gets three interceptions against Patrick Mahomes. It has to be a shootout. It, it, it has the Cardinals have to get themselves in a high scoring pinball machine kind of game, and they have to. It's almost like one of those. They have to get into one of those games where the last score wins, right? Like whoever's got the ball last and can score last will win the football game. That to me is the Cardinals' path. Now that's where I'm a lot concerned about the Rondell Moore injury. He's out for this. The D-hop suspension. Obviously, he's not going to play for six games. That's where I worry about Zach Ertz being questionable for this game. I think if he plays, the Cardinals probably have enough at the wide receiver position. But I I am concerned about, okay, I'm excited about Hollywood Brown. A.J. Green, let's see what he's got in year two with the Cardinals. Let's see what Greg Dortch can do in a regular season game and not a preseason game. Let's see what Andy Isabella has under the hood in a moment like this. There might be a enough there, but I think you're right. There is a path for the Cardinals to win this game. Kyler Murray has to wreck that Kansas City Chiefs defense because they are young, and and you you pointed that out. A lot of young, unproven guys in the secondary, and maybe there's some soft spots in there. The thing that Kansas City might have is a pass rush that could potentially make life tough on Kyler Murray. They bring in George Karloftis, the rookie out of Purdue. He's had a nice preseason, according to all reports. Chris Jones, who is, some people think he's the AFC's version of Aaron Donald. It's, he's just not as consistent as Aaron Carlos Donald. Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap, who was a eight and a half sacks last year for Seattle. Cardinal fans might remember he wrecked the Cardinals at the end of the season. He had a game against them where I think he had two sacks in that game, and he was chasing Kyler Murray all day long that day. Yeah, and Seattle won that game 38-30, and he had the two sacks against them. So, you know, he's you know he's uh, an older player. He's 33 years old, been in this league, you know, for a long time. Uh, was with Cincinnati forever. He was with Cincinnati. I mean, this guy's been in the league since 2010. Spent a lot of great years with Cincinnati, last couple of years with Seattle, and now we'll see if he's got anything left in the tank to kind of help that pass rush. But again, you, you know, Kyler Murray is really good. If you're going to, if you're going to come at him, he's also got the ability to beat you. So that's why do they contain and just try to not, you know, try to let him be, especially if, if there's no, there's no DeAndre Hopkins. If if Zach Ertz doesn't play in this game, you don't have Rondale Moore, their game plan might be, go ahead, try to let Andy Isabella and Greg Dorch beat us. Maybe. We're just going to contain you. Maybe. You're not running anywhere. Yeah. And, that, and I, I, that might be, if I'm Steve Spagnola, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, 
I got A.J. Green. He's older and he's slow. I'll, Hollywood Brown may get five, six, seven, eight catches against us. Okay. Who else is going to beat us? So it may depend a lot on Ertz, like you said, because if Ertz doesn't play, I, I might be like, I'm just going to contain Kyler Murray. Yeah, you want let, to let's see if Andy Isabella and Greg Dorch can beat us. Yeah. It might come down to that. And that's where it just feels like, you're, again, I'll use the word compromised with, with the Cardinals and their injuries in the secondary. It's not ideal when playing Patrick Mahomes. And the Cardinals with their injuries at wide, and their suspensions at wide receiver. It's not ideal if you're trying to win a shootout against Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's almost like hand picked the two worst positions you could have injury issues. At the Cardinals have injury issues at going into this game. Stephon Diggs had like eight or nine catches last night, right? 120 something yards, a touchdown, right? If I told you Hollywood Brown does not lead the team in reception Sunday, bad sign? Or if he does sign? not, Hollywood Brown does not lead the team in receptions. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? I think that's. Like, does he, does he need to be the best guy out there for I, I, them to I kind of feel like he needs to be the best guy out there for them to win. I, I kind of feel like they need to... Like a Diggs-type game. Uh, Go get eight, nine catches for yeah, 125 like, yards and a touchdown. Like, almost like the Kyler-Hollywood-Brown connection needs to be that special secret sauce okay. that it was in college if they're going to have a chance. I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it in that because part of me... Part of me would also say, "No, man, you got it. They're gonna, they're gonna do everything they can to take Hollywood Brown but they away. Don't have, you they don't get... have the guys that can. Nah, they probably don't. Most teams in this league, they're like again, like with, they couldn't take Diggs away last night. Like you got, you just give that up, right? You've got your most team. Even the Kansas City's corners are not good. Like their best corner was terrible last year. They, they, they don't have good corners, so." Teams are going to that's and it's a high scoring league now. You're going to you're going to have your success if you've got good wide receivers going up against other corners. I tell you something you said yesterday really stuck with me too, and that's the idea that it's almost like Kansas City. You know they're going to score, just score quick so you can get the ball back. Oh you yeah, know? you'd much rather have a Marquez Valdez Scantling eighty uh, nine yard touchdown reception than a twelve play eighty yard drive that takes up eight minutes. The Cardinals are going to have to have long drives on. Sunday have to. They they need their offense to stay on the field as long as they possibly can. I, I'm not usually a big time of possession guy. I think time of possession on this one for the Cardinals might be one of the most important stats. They need to have long, sustained drives where they stay on the field. They keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So that could be more of a James Conner game, more of a running game kind of game, more of a those 12 play drives, those 15 play drives, those 10 play drives just to keep Patrick Mahomes away from the ball. If it's going to be a shootout, control that part of the narrative a little bit. Does Patrick Mahomes have an interception? Huh. Um, I'm going to say yes. You think he does? I'm going to say Who yes. Who picks him? Who gets him? I'm going to say Buddha? He, I'm going to say somebody gets him. Somebody gets him? He's never thrown an interception in week never one. never thrown an interception in week one. I'm telling you right now, I expect he's going to throw one. Okay. I, that's I, my, you know the bold predictions? That, that's my bold prediction. Patrick Mahomes throws Patrick a, Mahomes a pick. Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. That's pretty bold. I'll give you that. I, I wasn't. Come on, maybe this maybe this kid from Valdosta Val, 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 Valdosta State gets him. Christian Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> your, your number two corner going into the game. All right, I'll potentially. Give you, um, who am I going to say is going to get him? We don't know if Murphy's going to play. Right? No, we don't. We don't know. All right. I guess I could go with a safety. Uh, uh, 
I'll go Jalen Thompson. Jalen Thompson, the money man? I'm going to go Jalen Thompson. All right. When we come back here on the Burns and Gamble Show, it's not just the Cardinals and the Chiefs, and it's certainly not just what happened last night in the NFL. There's some good games coming up in week one in the National Football League. What are we going to be watching? What are we going to be watching for? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Usually when we're looking around the NFL at the games going on for the week, we always tend to start with the NFC West, rightfully so. And so last night we saw the Rams. They did not look good against the Buffalo Bills, though, again, I, I think most people think that game was more about how great the Bills looked as opposed to how bad the Rams looked. Uh, as far as the rest of the NFC West goes, Seattle not in action until Monday Night Football against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. We'll care about that game on Monday because that's you know there's a lot of built-in drama with that. But we're not expecting much out of Seattle, and that game we can talk about it on Monday. So when you boil it down, the other NFC West team that's like, okay, how are they going to look this week? is the 49ers. They go to Chicago to take on the Bears, and I don't know if there is a more intriguing, tough-to-figure, how-do-you-put-your-finger-on-them team in the whole NFL than the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, they they are going to be a a really interesting thing to watch all year long because that roster is great. That quarterback situation seems like it's a disaster waiting to happen, and I want to see how they navigate all of that starting on It's a great first game against Chicago because Chicago's not good. Like They'll be one of the worst teams in the league this year. So getting that game for Trey Lance, even though it's in Chicago, I think, you know, but he would just call it a soft landing or it's something like that. It's a very soft start for him. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, 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 a, it's a great game for him. I mean, him against Justin Fields, two quarterbacks taken in the same draft, 2021. I mean, I think that the Niners defense, and this is what I expect, here's what I expect. The Niners defense is so good, they're going to have a field day against Fields, a field day against Fields. I didn't try to do that on purpose. I think they'll have a field day against Fields. I think that you'll see Trey Lance get a lot of short fields, a lot of short fields, because the Bears are going to be punting a lot or turning the ball over a whole lot. It's not like he's going to have to take the team 80 yards down the field every time to get scores. I think he'll be in some really good situations to get some scores, get some confidence going. You've got a great weapon in Debo Samuel, which you could throw it to it, you could hand it to him. There's just so many things you could do with Debo. So I think that he'll come out of the gates, and I think on, on Monday, we'll be talking about a pretty strong Trey Lance performance. Now again, gauge it, because it should... It's the Now it's if, the he does, if he doesn't have a good performance against the Bears... Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well now we're that's just what I was going to say. It's like, okay, you better do well against the right, Bears. It's right, the Bears are one of the right. five worst teams in the league, right? Yeah, if the Bears punt the ball six times and they give you short fields and you don't do anything with it, you know, I mean, how soon do they start calling for Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, it's, I think it's a tough thing to have Garoppolo there, but I understand it. I, I It's definite insurance in case this goes south, but with everything they've got invested in Trey Lance, he's going to be looking over his shoulder. There's no doubt about it. That's one of the morning games on on Sunday. Sunday, the early window games, if you will. The others of note that I just kind of jotted down and say, okay, this is interesting, that's interesting. I got four others in the early window that are kind of worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. Patriots at the Dolphins, if for no other reason... I, I actually like this game. Other than yeah. Tua 
has done really well against the Patriots. Unbe- has never lost to him. Has never lost to him. Undefeated. Bel- Belichick has never lost four straight games to the same opponent since he's been the coach of the Patriots. He could do that with a loss to the Dolphins. So wow. you've, you've got this weird sort of baked in, like it's a division game right out of the chute, which I really, really like. I, I like that, that kind of emphasis early. Um, Belichick and his teams have struggled against the Dolphins. Tua has had success against the Patriots. Does that trend continue in Miami in that in that Sunday morning game? I think that's a compelling game to kind of keep an eye on in the morning. Well, I think that Miami's, you know, again, they've got, you know, Tua's had that success that you just talked about, but is he the guy? Is he the right guy? And right. Tyree killed. Did they get off to a great start in Miami? They spent a lot of money on that team. And so, you know, and then Tua heard the Tom Brady talks about Miami. Yeah, I think there's there's some pressure on Miami to have a good season. In fact, I I think, tell me if you disagree with this, I think Miami is kind of the AFC equivalent of the San Francisco 49ers. In the sense that it's a good team, top to bottom, it's just, it's the quarterback. Is he the right guy? Is he the dude there? Or do they need another dude? And I think that you could say that about the 49ers. I think you could say that about Miami. I don't know if two is the dude there. I don't know if they know if two is the dude there. I think they've they tried, you know, the Tom Brady flirtation the last couple of years with the Miami Dolphins. I'm not even sure they're convinced two is the dude. I, I think they're kind of the AFC version of the San Francisco 49ers to a certain extent. I think to a lesser extent, just because a lot of people even think the 49ers can win the Super Bowl. Nobody thinks Miami can win the okay, Super Bowl. Okay, that's fair. I, I, maybe the lesser extent, uh, but yeah. I understand the good team, good roster, loaded quarterbacks are question. Okay, the morning win on Sunday. You've also got the Browns at the Panthers. The yeah, Baker Mayfield yeah. going up against his old team. Yeah, that, that'll game. be a fun game. That'll be, a, that'll be a fun game for him. It's not in Cleveland. It's in Carolina. Jacoby Brissett's the Browns starting quarterback. There's no Deshaun Watson. And here's a guy who's 14 and 23 in his career as a starter. So, um, you know, you would think that, that, that there's a chance there for Baker to have success and for the Panthers to get a win. I wrote down the Steelers at the Bengals only because, really? the, Bengals, only because really? of the new look offensive line in Cincinnati, and they have to go up against T.J. Watt. I don't think the Steelers are going to be any good. I think they're 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 going to have Player of the Year last year, the first losing season under Mike Tomlin. But T.J. Watt's a game wrecker, and Cincinnati spent a lot to revamp their offensive line. They, they needed to. That was the one weakness they yep. remember when they got to the playoffs last year. You're looking at that. You're looking at that offensive line, like you know, sixth round pick, undrafted free agent, undrafted free agent, fifth round pick. Like man, they really didn't invest in that offensive line. But this year they went out and big time upgraded that offensive line. In the late window, other than the Cardinals game in the afternoon, the two that pop off the page, the Packers at the Vikings, again, divisional game right out of the chute. The Raiders at the Chargers, divisional game right out of the chute. And it's that Raiders-Chargers game where just about every single game in that division has weight, has impact, it matters, it's important. That's a big game early in week one. I'll start with Packers-Vikings. Aaron Rodgers has had more success against Minnesota than he has anybody else. He has tortured the Vikings over his career. He's got 56 touchdowns and only seven interceptions against them. So he has had a lot of success against them as a quarterback. Now, it doesn't always lead to wins. I think he's like 15 and 10. 15 and 10 and 1. Okay, there you go. But the success, and it's not because of him. So he's had he's had a lot of individual success throwing the ball, putting up big numbers, but the Vikings have found a way to win their shares. Now, if the Vikings win the game, Kirk Cousins becomes the first quarterback to ever defeat Rodgers in three consecutive games. Nobody's ever done that. I'm glad you stopped on that game because there are many, many people 
who believe the Minnesota Vikings are that team in the NFC this year. Are the team that, that they'll be new to the playoffs, that Kevin O'Connell is going to be the real deal as the coach there, that they needed a breath of fresh air after the Mike Zimmer era because he's kind of hard on guys and hard on players and maybe they needed a lighter touch around there. There are many who think that Kevin O'Connell will be the difference as the new head coach there and making the Vikings a playoff team and that they've got the talent there. And then, of course, the Raiders and the Chargers. Yeah, and huge game. We all remember last year's Week 17 game on Sunday Night Football. Those two teams, if they just tied, they both would have made the playoffs, and Brandon Staley called that very unexpected timeout that seemed to kind of give the Raiders, okay, you're going to call timeout? We're going to throw down the field and see if we can set ourselves up for a game-winning field goal. They hit it, and it kept the Chargers out of the playoffs and let the Steelers in, and we already get a rematch of that in Week 1. There's so many new receivers on teams, including Devontae Adams with the Raiders, you got Christian Kirk with Jacksonville, talked about Tyreek Hill. I want to see which of these receivers pop. I'm, I'm look, I want to see which ones pop and which ones fail. A lot of money was spent on wide receivers this year. A lot of money. So is it all going to be, you know, peaches and cream where everybody's just, you know, super Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown. Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Christian Kirk. Think about all the receivers that changed teams. I want to see how those guys do. And at that Raiders game is a great game to to see what Devontae Adams could do. I would guess Devontae Adams is the one just because I think he has the best quarterback thrown to him. Of all those guys that you mentioned, well, maybe Hollywood Brown. I don't know. I, I like I I think Tyreek Hill. It might be a struggle for him. I'm not a big believer in Tua. I think AJ Brown. I think it might be a struggle for him. I'm not a big believer in Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I think the two leading candidates are Hollywood Brown and Devontae Adams in terms of the wide receivers who can go somewhere and have an impact. Yeah, he might have 20 targets in that game. He might. Yeah, he might. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, no one's. Quite sure what to make yet of ASU and U of A, though U of A last week impressive in their win against San Diego State. We expect we're going to know a lot more about both of those teams after Saturday's games, and we'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Maybe we could have it rain on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Got the roof. Close it. Just open that thing up. Open the thing up and let it dump on them. Let it all. Hey, listen. Mechanical problems. Can't close the roof. Yeah. Oops. No, that's the other stadium. Oh, yeah, that is the other stadium. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Football Friday here on the Burns and Gambo Show on what is, I guess, going to be a wet and rainy Friday night here in the Valley, which, you know, nothing wrong with that every now and then. A little no. rain never hurt anybody, right? No, during commercial breaks, me and Burns, like, it's going to be like the lows going to be like 75. We, we really do enjoy yeah, looking at the Yeah, we enjoy the lows. Yeah, we, we enjoy looking at that Bur- number as it just kind of creeps down yeah. this time of year, right? Well, I changed this real quick. I've changed my philosophy because I always hate this summers here. Like, I, I dread the summers. That's like, I will not be here in the summers anymore soon. I really don't like the summers. It's just too hot. But you've, you know, I used to say, oh, it's always going to be hot till Halloween. And this year, you convinced me to just look for mid-September. Just focus on mid-September, not the end of October. And I have. And your your philosophy is it, it's cools, it cools down at night and in the mornings. Yep. And so I've been looking, I look at the weather like, you know, you're right. We have a lot of temperature lows in the 70s coming up now. Look, I've lived here yeah. most of my life. And if you sit here 
here and and get all worked up. I don't mean you. I just mean in general. If you get worked up about how hot it is here, you're going to be miserable because you could argue it's hot here six months Mm -hmm. out of the year. I tend to look at it and say, does it cool down in the morning? Does it cool down at night? And so so for me, the summer around here truly begins around mid-June because that's when it starts to get hot at night and hot in the morning. And it ends around mid-September because that's when it starts to cool down in the morning and cool down at night. At least you can go outside without melting your face off. Let's go. And so so I'm glad I got you looking at it that way. Because if you look at it the other way, you'll go, oh my God, the 100 degree days, they start in April and they don't end till October. Halloween. Don't look at it that way. Exactly. It's over. It's here. It's here. We're there. We're good. Mid-70s at night? I can do that all day long. I don't care how I'm setting my alarm for 2.30 tonight. That's when it's going to be the low. I'm going to wake up and just go outside. Don't, I'm going to don't, rock on my chair. Don't kid yourself. You're up anyway at 2.30. You don't, yeah, don't sleep very well anyway. Uh, football Friday is not just limited to the Cardinals, though, obviously. And, and coming up in just a few minutes, we'll reiterate what we know about their injury situation. It's not good. But a, a few minutes, to be sure, to be spent on what are kind of big weekends for ASU and U of A. Uh, U of A obviously had a better debut last weekend than ASU, just based off of the quality of competition. They both had good they debuts. Beat. But yes, but, based but, on competition. Yeah. They yeah. both had good debuts, but yeah. I think U of A's was a little more impressive. Uh, if either one of these teams is competitive slash wins against the competition they're playing this weekend, we're going to come in here next week and be thoroughly impressed. I don't know if either one of them can do it. U of A's got Mississippi State at home. ASU's got Oklahoma State on the road. ASU, I think, has a much tougher task given the venue they're going into. But it's an opportunity for both to kind of show us what they've got and whether we're going to be pleasantly surprised by either one of them this year. Agree? Yeah, let's start with the Sun Devils because you go into Stillwater. They play really well there. They've they've won nine straight games at home. It's a dynamic offense. This kid Spencer Sanders, the quarterback, is terrific. You know, Gandy's had a lot of success. That program's that's a good program. Like they win a lot of games every year. They're a solid, solid program. Trying to keep the momentum going. Um, you know, they beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Uh, they got the win over Central Michigan. Michigan this year. They gave up some points, which some people are looking at. Okay, maybe there's a chance. But look, here's what I liked about ASU. I really liked Emory Jones. Uh, I loved yep. the kid. Uh, X validated the running back. I thought he was dynamic. But that was against NAU. Now we'll see against real competition on the road whether they can go out there and they can compete against a good team on the road. Last year, we've mentioned it several times, they had a lot of problems on the road. Yeah. They they really, I think they lost four of their games on the road. They struggled. So it's it's if they can get off to a good start, you know, keep this a close game, give themselves a chance to win at the end. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll go so far as to say they looked scared on the road last year. They, they looked in, in in the BYU environment, in the Utah environment. I thought they were unprepared. They, they looked intimidated by those yeah. crowds. They looked like they just they had no idea what was coming. Uh, that's a that's a brutal environment to go try to win a football game in. And, and yeah, people unprepared. Will, yeah, people will look at the the Oklahoma State and that Central Michigan game. And and, and say, well, yeah, sure, it was you know fifty eight to forty four. It was fifty one to twenty two going into the fourth right. quarter. They were up by thirty right. points. They put all their backups in, and they gave up some. Points. And they gave up some points. It's a really tough place to play. They pay, they play at a. 
frenetic place for a frenetic 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 pace. They pay a they play at a very fast pace. They like to go quick. So ASU's defense is going to have to be prepared. Did you see they have a 32 year old punter? They did. They do. Yeah, I saw that. Tom Australian 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 guy. He's believed to be the oldest active player in the FBS. He's 32 years old. Wow. Okay. Meanwhile, you was that quarterback that got drafted at 30? Uh, well, over her, however old he was. Remember it was, from Cleveland? Yeah. It was, who was that quarterback that he was very, very old and he got drafted? Well, wasn't, First round. Wasn't um, uh, uh, Wanky? Chris Wanky? Wasn't he an older quarterback? No, it wasn't Wanky. It was somebody else. From Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland first round draft pick. I, I remember the Florida State, and I say kid. He wasn't much of a kid when he got drafted. I don't remember the Cleveland guy. I, I, I'm sure as soon as you say the name, I'll go, oh, yeah, him. U of A, meanwhile, hosting Mike Leach in Mississippi State. Um, of course, Mike Leach is Mike Leach. You, 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 they're going to put up a bunch of points. that, Or, or at least they're going to want to try to put up a bunch of points. U of A was, it was shocking how ruthless they were were last week against San Diego State. Uh, in some ways, I'm, I'm almost more curious about U of A than I am about ASU, just because the, A, they're at home, and B, they played really, really well against San Diego State they last week. I'm On the road. curious to see what they've got at home against Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, me too. I mean, playing an SEC program, Mike Leach, he's, his quarterback's been there, Will Rogers has been there for three years now, uh, but I thought that Jaden Delora was great. I, I thought the UTEP uh, transfer, Jay Jacob Cowing was fantastic. I was so impressed with him. I think he could be one of the best transfers of the entire year in college football. He had eight catches for 152 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Eight catches, 152 yards, three touchdowns. He was that great. You know, Fish brought in 50 new players, 11 through the transfer portal. So they are a much different team than the one that, that, that only won the one game last year. So this will be a tough game. I mean... Even though this is the furthest that, you know, Mississippi State is traveling in six years and game time and all of that stuff. I mean, so they're, they're the game time because it's a late game, right? 830, I believe. Right. Yes. So I think that's like, like, like I think the, it's like 11 p.m. back in Mississippi. So, you know, that's going to be. Uh, their 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 clocks may not be right. That could be an advantage for you. Could be uh, that that to me strikes me as one of those games they might play till midnight. Honestly, I mean, just with that offense and how many times they're going to score, right. that that might be one of those games you have to stay up till midnight to watch. And I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I'll hit record on it before I go to sleep to see what happens in that one as well. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we hope that your weekend is great because for the Arizona Cardinals, maybe it will be great. But boy, do they have a lot of injuries to deal with going into this weekend. We'll tell you all the latest next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Uh, all right, so on tonight, Diamondback Space Pilot. We're actually watching both of the two things that are on tonight right now, one that's local, one that's not. Uh, Diamondback Baseball is on tonight, and thanks to a Jake McCarthy solo home run in the top of the first, the Diamondbacks have a one nothing lead over the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. So you've got that on tonight. And if you're so inclined, from what I understand, we haven't been, it's been on, we haven't been watching it like in great detail, but the men's semifinals for the U.S. Open is on tonight, including uh, an attempt to 
uh, by an American to get into the finals for the first time in forever. Alcaraz versus TFO is going on right now. Um, and TFO actually took the first set, 7-6. Good. So How great is that? It would be go. awesome if an American get into the, the finals. And by the way, there was just a solo home run off of Zach Davies. I don't know who hit McMahon. Ryan McMahon hit it. So it's tied 1-1 now in the bottom of the Let first. Let them get their first inning runs over with now. <laughs> that's, that's right. Get all your first inning runs now. That's right. Seriously, like, I mean, I know Sunday's a football day and it's the Cardinals and all of that. I'm oh, going to want to watch the first inning of, of the Diamondbacks game. I don't know about the rest of it, but the first inning, yes, I'm going to. Okay, let's see what But if this American gets into the... This is the semis? This is the semis. I know who won the first semi. Wow. Do you know, Mitch? Who won the first semi of the U.S. Open? This guy could be in the finals? Yeah, he could be. TFO. He's the, what, 22nd ranked player? Yeah, but there's no Jokovic in this tournament. No, there's no... Uh, He's not He, he couldn't get in because he was, wasn't vaccinated. Right. Nadal's already been eliminated. Federer, too old. Who, who do you get from you? Casper Rude. Okay. Rude or Rudd? Yeah. Two U's. Which is too many for me, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, it would be really cool if TFO got in. And everything I've seen on Twitter so far is that this has already been an exceptional semifinal at the U.S. Open. So I, I tell you, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I know it's not a great sports talk radio topic ever. Okay. I can watch tennis all day long. Oh, I, I, I really I, enjoy watching tennis. Yeah, I like it too. I, I, I think, and maybe this is a hot take, I think that... Pound for pound, in terms of speed, skill, strength, best agility, athletes. best athletes in the world. Tennis players are the best athletes in the world. Sometimes these guys are out there for four hours playing the sport, and they've got to have tremendous hand-eye coordination, incredible stamina, unbelievable strength to serve as hard as they do. I think for my money, tennis players are pound for pound the best athletes in the world. you ever play it? Ah, uh, not like, like I've ultra competitively with, with my friends. It's it's a great game to play. It is. It's a lot of fun. I want to get into pickleball. Everybody wants to get into pickleball. I'm, I'm my ready. wife and I were talking. I want to get into playing pickleball, pickleball when we got back from our vacation. Ass. Yeah, everyone is. Man, it was on national TV like yeah. two weeks ago. It's the sensation right now, man. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, because it's like one of those games. Like, hey, Anybody you're getting older, and yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm 70 and I still want to play you something. Pickleball. That's You're it. good. That's exactly That's it. That's what it is. That's exactly it. Hey, I'm it. 60 and I I can't play in softball leagues anymore. Can I pickleball? Sounds like it's giving golf a run for its money. Uh, it, it is. It's it's a it's a far more active golf than than golf is if you're a senior. And I know, of course, a lot of young people play golf. But but yeah, pickleball is is a big big deal right now. It's just getting bigger. All right, here's your quick Cardinals update going into the weekend. Uh, the injury report is out, and just it's tell just, me who's not injured. That'd be easier. <laughs> it's almost eleven guys, I think. Right, going into today it was eleven. I don't know if anybody's clear. Right now, there are seven guys who are either out or questionable for the okay. game. The three who are out, Rondale Moore, wide receiver, not going to play. Trayvon Mullen Jr., the corner, he's out. Cody Ford, the offensive lineman, he's out. Those three players will not play. Out, out, out. Okay. Questionable. Uh, Zach Ertz is questionable with a calf injury. Justin Pugh is questionable with a neck injury. J.J. Watt is questionable with a calf injury. Byron Murphy Jr. is questionable with illness. Now, Murphy, if he can't go for whatever reason, no Murphy, no Trayvon Mullen Jr., you're two top corners in that game. 
could be Marco Wilson and the Christian kid, Christian the kid whose name I've already forgotten. Matthew. Christian Matthew. Thank you. Seventh round pick out of Valdosta State. Yes, I believe Valdosta that's correct. Valdosta State. Those could Who they be. cut a couple weeks ago. Who mm-hmm. they cut last week. Yeah. Then brought him back. Those could be. And, of course, you could be really thin at left guard, too, if Pugh can't go and Cody Ford's already been ruled out. Uh, it's tough. The good news? Marcus Golden today got his contract extension, got paid, sure. got yeah. what he wanted. Dropped a kettlebell on his toe. 50-pound kettlebell yeah. he said he dropped on his toe. We, sw- we, we, have, we do some kind of kettlebell thing at our gym all the time. We always have a swing in kettlebells. Man, those things can be dangerous. Oh, yeah, that's a big, heavy I'm always ball. scared to death it's going to slip out of my hands and it's just going to go just flying, flying forward. Gonna hit somebody yes. in the back of the head. Yeah, Easy absolutely. solution, just never pick it up. <laughs> there you go. I got Kansas it. City by two touchdowns. going to do it for, I'm sorry? I got KC by two touchdowns. I think that's good. We're out of here. See you later. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.